Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. You don't need an army when you have God on your side. You know, as Jesus reads on here, and this is why if we don't get this that we're talking about, you won't get the rest of what Jesus is saying. Here's what he says. Then Jesus cried out, He who believes in me believes not in me, but he who sent me. And he who sees me sees him who sent me. You know, that was lost in the garden. God would come and walk with man in the cool of the evening and they would talk about things and all the different things going on. And when Adam and Eve rebelled against God, ate of the tree, they were displaced out of the garden. Fellowship was lost. Gone. And from that time on, man had not seen God anymore. You say, well, why is that important? People like to see God. They do. That's why in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not make any graven images. Why is that? Because we're taking in our minds a thought and carving it in or taking a picture of it and saying, this is what God looks like. This is what God is. Here's an effigy of who God is right here. Look look at this little, you know. And you look in whatever religion you want to around the world, you will see some type of an effigy of of God. Of what God is like. I mean, it's as ridiculous as Monty Python to as serious as Eskimos and their totem poles to the Middle Eastern religions to all these everything. They have a picture of what God is. Now, Jesus comes along and says, if you want to see the Father, look at me, is what Jesus said. That's what was lost in the garden. Fellowship. Do you know how many lonely people there are? Maybe you're here this morning, you're just really lonely. Maybe you're married, you got kids, and you're the loneliest person in the world. You don't have to be lonely anymore. Why are we lonely? Because we feel that we're all alone. Well, what does that mean? No one understands me. No one understands me. My wife doesn't understand me. My husband doesn't understand me. My kids don't understand me. My parents don't understand me. People at work don't understand me. All these different things. We we feel alone. You're never alone. That's why Jesus is crying out here. Now notice when the Bible says he was crying out, he wasn't just, well, you know, if you want to see the Father, just look at me. No, he was yelling, is what he was saying. And it says, I have come as a light into the world that whosoever believes in me would not abide in darkness. You won't live in the darkness anymore. Don't you know that people see you not in darkness? Do you know your testimony 
is a lot greater than you think. People have often... Now, again, I'm not saying living life in perfection, friends. For if that is the case, none of us would make us. Paul says, as sinner, I am chief. Present tense when he wrote that. But it's that they see the hand of God, restoration and blessing in your life. Do you realize everywhere you go, the Spirit of God goes? Jesus said, marvel not that I say to you, the kingdom of God is neither here nor there. The kingdom of God comes within you. Why is that? Where you go, the kingdom of God reigns. I like that. So wherever you go, you bring a piece of heaven with you. That's why the Bible says, if we've offended anybody, hey, I'm sorry. You don't, we don't hold grudges. We don't need to. Why? I'm in him. I'm not in darkness. You know, in darkness, you can hide so much junk in darkness. Have you ever noticed how clean your room is until you turn on the light? Have you ever noticed in your own personal life how much you feel, well, I'm okay and you're sort of okay? Until the light comes on and we realize we're all bozos on this bus. And you go, wow, God, I had no idea. Now, why do we like to live in darkness? Well, the Bible says people prefer darkness over light, lest their sins, their evil deeds, would be revealed. Why is that? Well, I can feel good about myself if I don't have to face who I am. And by the way, facing who you are is a very painful thing, isn't it? When you really have to come to grips sometimes with yourself. Have you ever had seen, okay, we're going to get Bill in here this afternoon and we're going to have an intervention. We're going to tell Bill what a rotten stinker he is. And so everybody gets down. Hi, Bill, how are you? You're a really great guy, but, you know, we got some things we got to tell you. Okay, and they have this intervention thing. Uh, the light comes on. The penny drops. You get it. Oh, my goodness. Have you ever had a personal intervention? Where you're thinking and you go, whoa, <laughs> I think I'm on the wrong road here. Yeah, how do we know? I do believe that we're all, on, we're all going somewhere. Either you're going to heaven or you're going to hell. So we all have to make that decision. And on the road, on the road that we're on, there are mile marker posts. You know, when you, uh, you're driving out through 93 and you start seeing the signs, Twin Falls, 177 miles, you go, hey, I'm getting closer to involved. There are mile markers on the road on both sides. And when you see the mile markers, that should remind us of where we're going. Now, again, you know mile markers by the things that it causes in your life. I think when somebody dies, I think that's a major mile marker. And especially when it's somebody that's younger. We always expect people 100 years old to die, but, you know, I'm 99, I'm not dying yet. But when we get older, we expect it. But when we see young people die, we think, well, that's kind of weird. Uh, maybe life isn't forever. Mile markers. When you have the disappointments, as we mentioned earlier, that can harden your heart, or soften your heart. All these things cause us to think about where we're going. Let's look at this. Jesus said, I have come 
as light into the world, that whoever believes in me would not abide in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. This goes back to John 3.16 as well. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him would be saved. So does that mean then that there's not going to be a judgment? No, not at all. Jesus clarifies that in the next verse. But the purpose of Jesus' first coming was not to judge us, but to save us. Do you realize this morning you need to be saved? Now, I'm not talking about when you became born again. I'm talking about you today as a Christian. Do you realize you need to be saved? Yeah. Oh, for my sins. Yeah, we we accept that when we became born again. I need to be saved every day from all kinds of stuff. You see, what this does, this builds the relationship between you and your father. I have little kids and I, I see them and I, they need to be saved all the time. They'll climb in, you know those child seats that they had, their wood and my little boy figured a way to get into one of those. I thought he was going to hang himself. We need to be saved every day. We need to be saved and friends, this is hard to understand sometimes. We need to be saved from things that we see. We realize that. Maybe it's it's somebody that has said something mean to you and hurt your heart. But we also need to be saved from things that we don't see. Do you realize that? There are many unseen dangers. No wonder people get loaded and get stoned because they're trying to escape from the pressures of the daily life, the daily grind. You, me, we need to be saved daily. Why do you think David wrote in Psalms, his promises are new every morning? Wow. You mean I need a daily renewal of the promises of God for my life, for your life, because we belong to him. We are on a specified, directed purpose. I can miss that if I don't remember who God is. All walk in darkness. And when you walk in darkness, there is a thing called compensation that people do. Artificial light. They'll light their own fire, which is usually lighting themselves on fire. Not a good way to get light. Light, the Bible speaks of, is a spiritual understanding of the things that are around us. When you realize you are designed by God for his purpose, you are being perfected for those things that God not only will do to your life and in your life today, but in the days to come. And in so doing, you affect people's lives around you so they see the hand of God in your life. Verse 48 goes on, though. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him 
in the last day. You know, in the last day of our lives is the final chapter. It's when the book closes. There's a lot of times in the Bible that say on the last day. What does that mean? Well, usually it means the last day that you live. It's the last day you can change the road you're on. There is the last day of all things that we know, the last day of the thousand-year reign of Christ. There's the last day of our lives. There's the last day before Jesus takes the church home. But the last day, that's the day that you make your final decision. I think about that sometimes. For I have not spoken my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command or whatever I speak, Father has told me, so I speak. Hmm. That's aligning the purposes of our Father. This is when Jesus said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Isn't it great to know that we have a God that is so into us that he wants to heal us, restore us, bless us, not on just the day we accepted him as Savior, but today. People forget that. That as a Christian, God wants to do something today in our lives. Not just the day I die and I go to heaven. Not just the day I accepted him as Savior. But every day, God wants to do that. Why? You're his workmanship. God likes to display you. You say, but I do so many things wrong. I got a potty mouth, or I got this, or I got that. You know, it's really weird. God uses those things Remember one time doing body and fender work. It's kind of a hard job. You got a lot of hammers and a lot of steel and fingers and thumbs get in the way. Remember I was straightening out a bumper on a Porsche. And I take the bumper off. There was no nicks in it or anything like that. I was straightening the frame horn and so the bumper didn't have any scratches in it. It just somehow got pushed against something and I handed it to a guy in the shop. And I handed it to him, not a heavy thing, and he drops it on the floor. I cussed at him. I said, darn it, John, can't you do anything? But I didn't say darn. And I hit my thumb with a hammer, blood is squirting out. I went in, I slammed the door of the bathroom, and I put my hand under the water, and God says, go say you're sorry. And I said, no. You ever had God talk to you? God says, go say you're sorry. No. Oh, we had a little bit. And my thumb, meanwhile, was that big around. And I said, so what are you going to do if I don't? And I heard this icy silence. So I went out. And I said, I'm, I'm really sorry that I cussed at you. And what was really weird 
is in all the track laying around that I did, you know, the little Holy Joe uh, chick tracks, I, you know, in all the Jesus music I would play in the shop on my stereo while I was working, didn't touch him as much as when I told him I was sorry. I remember in the bathroom saying, God, people cuss around this shop all day long, and I say one thing, and i got to say I'm sorry. It ain't fair. But see, God wanted to touch his heart to show that we're not like everybody else. Oh, we still mess up. But it's what we do when we mess up. That's what makes us real. That's what the difference is of being in the light and being in the darkness. People in dark don't care. But people that see do. And I remember afterwards, one of the other guys in the shop came up to me. And smugly, I thought Christians don't cuss. And I didn't know what to say. And it was like God turned on the light. And I looked at him and I said, Ah, ha! You do know what a Christian is supposed to be like. You see, he was trying to judge me on a standard that he knew what the standard was. Do you know people around us know a lot more about God than we give them credit for? Because the Spirit of God has been working on them as well. Pretty amazing. Let your light shine. You say, well, I'd like to, but I messed up. Yeah, but you know, in that mess up, people see God. You know, it wasn't that Peter denied the Lord three times, and Jesus caught up with him on the Sea of Galilee. And he said, Peter, do you love me? Do you agape me? Jesus asked him three times. You know, it's funny that in our failures, God doesn't throw us out. It's that he loves us. He loves you. Sometimes it may not be till you mess up that you realize how much God does love you. You know, it's funny. The Bible says where sin abounds, that much more grace abounds. Is that an excuse, Paul says, to go out and sin? God forbid. But you learn things in the failures that we experience. And when I learn that about myself, all of a sudden, I don't expect as much from my brothers and sisters in the Lord when I realize they're they're just saved by grace like I am. That's the message of the gospel. That's seeing Christianity in his light rather than saying I'm a Christian and living in darkness. You see, that's what makes the difference. So this morning, I just want to invite you to consider Christ. If you're not a Christian, think about it a minute. Who is healing you? Who is restoring you? Who is helping you today? If you are a Christian, please never forget you have the great helper. That we would have fellowship. You see, that was lost in the garden. And Jesus came to restore that. He that has seen me, Jesus said, has seen the Father.
If you see Jesus, no, you don't have to some, have some weird carved image of what you think God looks like. You don't have to have some mental image that God is far greater than anything that we can ask or think. And he just waits for us to call out to him. That's God we talk about. What kind of a relationship does he want with us? That's a good question. You all know, I come to you. Paul says we cry, Daddy. You ever just had your little boy or girl just crawl up in your lap and say, Daddy? Shared that a few weeks ago. Right after all, right after all the kids got their candy at Halloween. My little girl looks at me and she goes, I love Daddy. And I said, I love you too, baby. She goes, I like Addy. And I said, I love you too. She goes, I love Addy. And I said, I love you too. So then she starts pointing to a closet. And she goes, I love Candy, not Daddy. I went, oh. But you know, that's the relationship God wants with us. We crawl up in his lap. Not some unknowable God, oh God in the farthest most out cosmos. Hear thine only prayer and we pray in very proper 16th century King James English to make it official. Oh thou Father in the farthest most cosmos, please hear us inside prayer. When inside we're going, God, I'm hurting. God goes, now we can go someplace. We can be honest. We can be in light now. We don't have to fake it anymore. This morning, I just want to encourage you. Know God wants to work in your life. Not just when you accepted him as Savior, but every single day. And let him be God of your life. Because he loves you. The gospel is never what you should be doing. The gospel is what God has done for you. Let's pray. Father, this morning... We come to you in Jesus' name. And Father, for each person that's here, each person listening, that they would recognize and realize, God, how much you want to be a part of our life. That you would help us with our shortcomings, with our failures, the ability to restore us. Those things in the past that can haunt us, God, that you died for. May we walk in your love. May you remind us, and Lord, for every person here that and listening, saying, yes, I, I need you, Jesus, in my life, that we would just cry out with repentance and saying, Lord, I'm sorry. Sorry for leaving you out of my life. And from this day forward, come into my life. And let me live every day with you and look forward to spending eternity with you. Lord, that's the relationship we want. And so we ask you now, as we commit our lives into your hands this week, that we would recognize your handiwork in our lives that you'd cause us to be sensitive then that we would see it as we walk in the light and not miss anything from you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.